This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, episode five reviews of Peacemaker on HBO Max and the Book of Boba Fett on Disney Plus. The Halo TV show is actually happening. We'll talk about the trailer and the history of 420. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, January 31st, 2022. This is Jason Mewes, and for reasons best left between you and your therapist, you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Snooch to the nooch. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Crabs out there. Let's give it up. How's it going? Welcome, welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. And he's the Nerd. And joining us is a fella who has also, incidentally, once dated a Jawa. It's Rugboy. What's up, Rux? Mine was shaved. I don't know what the fuck she's talking oh, it wasn't about. Furry. It yeah, was he a... waxed his butthole and everything. Oh, furry. Smooth. Very furry. furry. It was a smooth. <laughs> you ever seen the smooth Jawas? They're even creepier. <laughs> Are you making that sound? Oh, my God. Just imagine. Is that That's Hannibal? Me. That was Anthony. I I was, <laughs> with some fava beans. I thought I was watching Silence of the Lambs there for a second. Ate his on? kidney with some fava beans. <laughs> yes, Clarice. What was it, Clarice? Uh, look, but guys, before we begin, I got to mention to you and the listener, this is episode 420. So happy 420. Yeah. <laughs> Those that know, know. Is Ooh, it really? Is, is it 420? This 420. You got to celebrate 420 legally and responsibly in the state you're in. Uh, remember, well, you know what's funny? Remember we did 400 and we're like, oh, we probably should have done something big for 400. Oh, it's episode 420. It's episode 420. Yeah, it's, it's not awful. April 20th. It's not actually. <laughs> Did you think it was 420 the time? I Jeez. just got that. It, it flew right past me. Got it. I'm the one I'm thinking late. about Jawa jokes for some reason. <laughs> and, oh, too late. Uh, no, 420 is a very, you got to celebrate this number. I'm going to be lit like a Christmas tree the whole episode. Just, uh, do you guys know, do you know 420? What What do you know about the number 420? I know that you smoke weed on that day. Yeah, it's the weed day. What it's are you, the what weed. Are you trying to, you trying to quiz us here? It, yes, it's the weed day. Mr. And Big the, Shot, where you did some research. And, and the weed You didn't time. know about this prior to, to prior to you doing what are you research about? for every, this podcast. Every 420, I pause, I take a minute every day. I get up at 420 a.m. Also, you can't miss a 420. But, but 420 on 420 is very special. No, I always thought I didn't know the real reason for 420 for years. I heard many things uh, like it was the number of chemicals, active chemicals in the cannabis 420. I, I also heard it was the police code for like a drug bust. Uh, some people think it's uh, based on Hitler's birthday, which is also 420. But I have the real story. Do you guys care? Does anybody care? How long is it going to take? I don't care, but two minutes. Yeah, just two minutes. Let's see what happens. I, I don't care either. But you're, you're, you've, you've built up to this at this point. We better go for it. The term 420 goes back to a group of California teenagers who used to hang out by a wall outside of their San Rafael high school, and they ended up have getting the nickname the Waldos. Now, 
1971, the Waldos learned of a Coast Guard member who had planted a cannabis plant and he couldn't tend to the crop anymore. He apparently allegedly gave them a treasure map leading to this free crop of cannabis somewhere. So this group would meet in front of a Louis Pasteur statue outside their high school once a week at 4.20 p.m. They were all athletes, which is why it was 4.20. It was after practice. So these were functioning stoners. Uh, They'd get in a car, they'd smoke weed, and they would drive around looking for the free marijuana. Uh, And then eventually in the hallways, they would go, hey, 420, 420, Louis. They said they would say 420, Louis. They never found the weed, but now they had a way to talk about weed without teachers and parents knowing what they were talking about. Now it spread because of the Grateful Dead. This is what made it huge. A couple of these Waldos had connections to the Grateful Dead. One was good friends with the bassist. One guy did, one guy's dad dealed with the Grateful Dead real estate. So they'd be hanging out backstage during shows and whenever the joint would come by they'd be like hey 420 420 and then it got huge and like i just remember in college it was just the thing people were like hey 420 and i i'm like what and then you don't you question just, shit like no. that you're like yes yes 420 yes <laughs> yeah okay sure <laughs> whatever it means but it's all these uh high school kids go i think the story was interesting but ultimately meaning it's that. meaningless it's just it's absolutely it's meaningless bullshit. yes it's the time right yeah they were meeting up yep it's yeah. the time they were meeting up to look for uh, it would be pot. better more historic if it was like the first weed ever smoked ever by a person and then it was at 420 or something on april 20th at or like if jesus smoked weed at that oh, time oh if he d- listen if he did <laughs> it would have been on 420 absolutely and, and- and you guys make fun of the Gen Zers for their terms. <laughs> yes. I mean, every generation has got dumb fucking I'm going to make that shit out. That's some boomer shit. 420 is still <laughs> around, though. People still it's use still the term. Yeah, yeah, of course it's still around. It's still around. People get excited when it's 419. I get very excited. Geek boner. I'm like, oh, my God. I got a minute. I can still make this. Anyways, there's, there's your fucking history lesson for the episode. Let's get to the fucking shit, you guys. The Jock, Jock and Nerd Podcast. <laughs> Look, you learn stuff here. Uh, that's all I wanted. This is, this is an educational podcast. I wanted to be educational. Uh, sometimes I want to be educational. Uh, before we get to our two shows that we are currently reviewing, there is a big trailer that came out yesterday. Rugs, I think this, this is... Uh, I'm going to hand this over to you. I think this can get you excited. Yeah, I'm excited about it. It is the tr- first trailer for the actual Halo video game live action TV TV adaptation holy shit this this show is actually getting made i've been hearing about this show trying to get made uh, they've been trying to make the show since 2015 it will be on paramount plus on march 24th uh let's just start with you rug boy did you see the trailer did they nail it geek boner floppy john i did see the trailer um i was thinking holy shit now that they make two shows of people wearing their helmets all the time, they can make the Halo show. It's got a lot of Mandalorian vibes, uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, it's just like a guy that you never see his face, and uh, he's the fucking man. He's the Master Chief. He looks great. They look like they spent some money on it. It's got vibes of Halo, and it, it, it's a little bit more militaristic, but they do show some of the alien stuff, too. And, um, yeah, I'm psyched. Um, I never thought I'd see a Halo anything, so... The fact that this is even out and it looks like they actually tried a little bit to do Halo. I'm interested. They see, you see the Warthog. You see the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, you see the vehicles and the giant covenants and they got their blades. And the Master Chief looks fucking cool. Looks like he's right out of the video game. Anthony, you check out this trailer. What are your thoughts on the trailer? 
We did check out the trailer. Admittedly, I've played Halo. Okay. But I've only played Halo in like multiplayer where you're just trying to kill each other. So I have no real Oh, the game is amazing. Yeah, I, but I I've only pl- I haven't actually played it the story. The story. Yeah, I've only played it against other people. So I have really no clue on like what the lore is, any of the history. So I had to like look at it. I researched it a little bit. Admittedly, didn't really get it. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just, I haven't been immersed in this game and, and wasn't really drawn to it. That being said, I thought the trailer looked good. I thought the the suit of the guy in the... Is that uh, is he Master wearing a Chief. Halo suit? Yeah. Oh, he's a Master Chief? Is the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought he looked good. I did show it to my friends who regularly listen to the podcast and like nerd nerdy things, and few of them were like, yeah, this looks like TV budget. So they were not all that impressed. Hmm. Um, well, it's Paramount Plus, so it's like I didn't expect much from them at, at all. You know? Yeah, maybe if that, maybe if you go with that expectation, but they were like, oh, "I wish this was more of a movie than a TV show." So just in terms is, of budget, is forty million dollars for? I think there's nine episodes. Yeah, which is how much is per episode? Is that? Is uh, that like- it's uh, well, it's a little over four. Uh, what is that? Somebody do the math. It's like uh, <laughs> it's like forty four four point something million. So like Game of Thrones is like fifteen million an episode. Yeah, that's like yeah, and, four and, and a half million. So an it's episode. like the budget is like yeah, not even. What's close. Disney? Uh, I think that they're like probably in the same vein. Like, like no, I think Disney is like a hundred, right? Disney mm-hmm. is throwing a hundred, hundred fifty million dollars at at some of these, like a movie yeah. budget. So no, an episode, like six episodes, not an episode no, for the whole six. season. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. This is considerably less than Disney. I mean, you could still do a lot with, uh, you know, four and a half million, but if, if, you know, a $40 million budget for a movie would also be considered low. You can kind of think of it that way. Uh, I thought, I mean, it looked okay. The effects didn't look bad. Uh, I love like how you see uh, inspiration of like aliens and Star Wars and Star Trek and Dune a little bit. Uh, it's yeah. all in there. Rugs, explain the gist of uh, what yeah, Halo explain is. Real, real quick. The oh TLDR. my God. Like, basically, you got a Master Chief, which is like the ultimate weapon that they have. And they have Cortana, which is fused to him, which kind of like guides him and helps him hack into shit and, you know, be the ultimate, you know, the ultimate weapon. And, um, it's basically they're uh, fighting an alien invasion and there there's like these uh, aliens that are, I forgot what they're called, but there's one of them that actually turns sides and teams up with you and you kind of, um, you have to blow shit up. <laughs> and I mean, that's basically what I remember. I mean, yeah. as I said, I played this game like back in the early two thousands. Like I, you know, I, I used to play this game, the shit out of this game and then what happened was Bungie made it, and then they sold it to Microsoft. Now Microsoft owns it, and Bungie has nothing to do with it. So after Bungie sold it, yeah. I was like, fuck it, because like Bungie is my my preferred game maker, and I feel like that it lost their its soul a little bit sure. when yeah. Microsoft took it over. And so um, I haven't been sticking to it like lately, but because, you know, Bungie's replaced it with Destiny. So yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it's it was like the predecessor to Destiny. It was it was it's, it was like the idea was a super Spartan, and um, that would be able to be like the ultimate warrior and super like, engineered soldier. Yeah, you never see his face like the Mandalorian type thing. I think they maybe they want to they cop that from from Halo because possibly yeah or something because I don't think I I even knew the Mandalorians didn't take off their helmets because I seen them helmetless in all the Clone Wars and shit. So. um 
Yes, he never takes his helmet. You never see his face. So this game originally came out like 2001, and it moved. It was like exclusive on Xbox. It moved a lot of Xboxes. It's one of the few games that I actually played all the way through and played a lot. It's the game that made me buy an Xbox because everybody was talking about this game. And like, I just remember being big at the time to with the weapons and being able to jump into a vehicle and then run the gun on the vehicle and jump out free. And you all know. the weapons did cool stuff. Like yeah. you had like the alien guns. They had like the little needler and shit. The, the story was great. It was very immersive. Uh, but apparently, Rugs, this is a different timeline than the games. Like, I guess they're calling this a silver timeline so as not to interfere with. There's also tons of comic books and novels and other Halo stories since then. <laughs> well, uh, that's the thing. They've been trying to get this property off of the ground for a while. I think that it it's still relevant. I mean, th- think, think about this. It, this this is a 20 year old uh, IP video game IP that's still going. So I'm surprised that they haven't tried to, they've made these little series and stuff like red and blue and this and that. The game engine allowed you to like make little movies and add audio. And like, you saw that for a lot. It was like halo sitcoms and stuff. Yeah, they had that. And there was, there was some other kind of halo militaristic thing with no master chief. And this is the first one that has, Master Chief and the aliens in it. So, I don't know. I'm excited to. I, I just never thought that they would even do anything with this. I thought nothing would ever come out. Of, of I remember Halo. 2015, they were, Xbox was trying to make the show and they were going to put the show on the Xbox platform, right? It was going to be. What? Yeah. They were going to have make a show just for Xbox live action. That never happened. Then it, I think it moved to Showtime and then, then eventually now moved to Paramount Plus. I, I think Neil Blomkamp was supposed to do it. and At one point, he, probably. Yeah. 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 And then he made District 9. Well, I think he was supposed to do that after District 9. Yeah. <laughs> Great movie. Also, they couldn't get the guy. Master Chief's voice is pretty iconic, wouldn't you say, Ruggs? Yeah. They couldn't get the guy who does the voice to, to be in this. I mean, I'm sure. So Master Chief in this is being played by Pablo Schreiber. I don't really know him. Oh, I've seen this guy in a bunch of things. Does uh, Beyonce sing the theme song to this? <laughs> no. <laughs> but the theme song, you ever go into like a bathroom or a, a room that has an echo and you just start doing the, the Halo theme song? Uh, like the think, chanting? How, how is it? Do it for us. It's like, ah. Uh, oh, right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> man, I have no concept of what. All I remember is playing this in college with like two or three monitors and we would all just be playing on, on each our own monitor right, trying to kill each other. Running around trying to kill each other. It's a and lot then you do swords only and then you try to kill each other with the swords. It's a fun multiplayer game. It's one of the, it really changed the whole like archetype of, yeah. of what it could be. So um, it made multiplayer uh, first person shooter gaming. Like it changed the whole platform. It was great. I mean, it was one of the first online player multiplayer games I tried, but then very quickly got discouraged because every time I'd fucking show up, some fucking kid would shoot me in like 30 seconds and I have to respawn. And then I just couldn't, I was like, Oh, I am not that good at this. I can't fucking fuck with this multiplayer. So I just played the story where you could set it on easy. Well, I'm excited. I mean, it's just, I never thought that was, that was going to happen. Then all of a sudden after this thing, after this bungee related, right. This next bit of news comes out that Sony is buying Bungie oh, for $3.6 billion. Yep. Right after they released the trailer, they released. <laughs> was- Wait, so Sony is just trying to keep up because uh, earlier, last this month, Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard 
for seventy billion dollars. Yeah, they just started seventy billion. Microsoft is buying out like these companies left and right, and like Sony's like, oh shit, like PlayStation doesn't have anything. We better buy something. Uh, they said Bungie will still be an independent subsidiary, and they're gonna be able to self-publish, and they can publish wherever they want on any system. So there's no exclusivity. But what does this mean, Rug? Sony well, buying okay, Bungie. So- so Bungie partnered with Activision, I believe. Uh, for, for, please let me get this right because I'm going off of memory and not looking at notes or anything. But they will be wrong. <laughs> probably. But I'm, <laughs> I'm admitting that I'm putting false information out there. Yeah, probably. But like the point is they had a partnership with a big uh, distributor and it didn't work out. And they ended up uh, taking Destiny back from them and kind of f- making it on their own. So now Sony swoops in. And now they're an even bigger company <laughs> buys them, not even partners buys them. So it's strange, but the difference between Activision and Sony is Sony can make movies. Sony right. can make TV That's shows. A good point. Sony can do a lot with this IP. So like they're not only just buying the video game company, but I think that they're buying the IP too. And if they choose to do that, uh, destiny's got a kind of interesting story that, and, um, a different world. It, it could be another Star Wars. It yeah. could be another type thing like that. Yeah. Definitely. It's like a superhero Star Wars and they could totally, it could totally be a new franchise not, without a doubt. So I'm excited about that too. So double bungee related news uh, today. And the other connection we have, Anthony, you remember Chris Barrett, our buddy, he came on the show, talk about destiny. destiny. He worked on Halo. He worked for Bungie. He came from Bungie. Uh, he's he actually worked on like actual the actual game and and environment particles and stuff. So anybody I think who has stock in Bungie, they they, uh, they get it's a happy day for them, right? Oh, he's probably making out like a bandit. <laughs> so yeah, but Bungie was with Microsoft in two thousand. They bought him, and then they in two thousand seven they went independent. Go Bungie, go and Bungie, then signed go. with Activision, go Bungie, and go now. Bungie, go. Wow. So, yeah, just like uh, Disney buying Fox and these Hollywood studio consolidations, same thing's happening. Was Marvel bought for $7 billion? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think it was around seven, four, yeah, $7 billion. And Look it up. Star, and wow. Star Wars was $4 billion. So this is almost as much as Star Wars. This is almost it. as much as Star Wars, just a little bit. But That's uh, fucking crazy. Uh, and also take $4 billion. Four, $4 billion for Marvel. This company, Take Two, also bought Zynga for twelve billion. Zynga? I used to use Zynga. Zynga, Z-Y-N-G. Oh, Zynga, no. Zynga. They're a video game company. No, Zynga was the social media site before. Oh my god, Facebook, uh, MySpace. Really? I don't even remember Zynga. That was before MySpace. Holy shit! It's before MySpace, yeah. Well, the video game uh, landscape's gonna get changed and uh, consolidated, and fucking huge deals are happening. It's crazy. I'm excited for this Bungie show. I mean, for the Halo show. March 24th. I'm going to check it out. Paramount Plus, which we have a subscription to so we can all watch it. It's, it's nine episodes. It's nothing. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be good. Listener, let us know. Are you excited? Do you have Geek Boner? Geek Boner. For the Master Chief. Join the conversation. We have a Facebook group called Jock and Nerd Nation. Jock and Nerd. It is a way. Jock and Nerd. You can uh, hang out, meet all the listeners, keep in touch, post stuff. We share comments. It's a closed exclusive just for you and us. Join it today. Okay, first TV show. I'm switching it up. This time we're going to do Peacemaker first, and oh, then take oh. a break, and then do Book of Boba Fett. And I, just okay. thought, I just thought I'd change a little bit. Peacemaker, episode five. Here is your spoiler alert. Let's spoil some shit, Batman. 
See, DC-themed episode. Spoiler alert. Ah, that's nice. See, you see how it all ties together? This episode is called Monkey Dory, which is a play on the phrase hunky dory. Everything's hunky dory, fellas. Oh, not honky dory? Is it honky dory? No, that's a different different saying, I think. (laughs) Hunky dory. Uh, Of course, the whole series written and directed by James Gunn. Anthony, fill us in what happens on Monkey Dory. So from the last episode, we learned that Mern Mern. is probably a butterfly. He is a butterfly. He is a butterfly. He's a beautiful butterfly. (laughs) The uh, was it Crazy Town? They had a good butterfly song. Oh, yes. It's a great rap song. Come, my lady. Yeah. Come, oh, never mind. And uh, so <laughs> Peacemaker and the team are tasked with a mission because Mern, Mern and the team connect the dots and they learn that there's this power plant, there's this tea company, right? It's a bottling tea company. Bottling company yeah. that's possibly making stuff for the butterflies or has some sort of connection to the butterflies. So the team has to investigate this bottle company. While doing that, they also have to kind of still deal with their inner turmoil. Uh, in this episode, it's more focused on Peacemaker and Die Beard, or as as real name is, e- Economos. So they're dealing with that little bit of tension, also trying to figure out what the what's going on with these butterflies. And it's just a, another kind of like a mission episode with some... Actual kind of action and tension towards yeah. the end. So, um, yeah, well, we'll get into what we thought of it, but that's ba- the basic plot. I mean, I thought it had some good action, some killer lines. There's a whole sequence that I was oh, dying laughing at. Th- there's also the side plot of the investigators, the detectives, kind of figuring out what's going on with Chris, uh, Christopher Smith, Peacemaker's dad. Augie. And getting to the getting underneath maybe that he was framed and... We get into that. Yes, with Detective well. Sonia Song and uh, Rugs. Lucy Lou. Lucy Lou, yeah. She starts calling him white. She's like, all right, Jimmy Fallon. And she's like, <laughs> I ran out of white people names. Um, what'd you think overall, Anthony, of the episode then? I like this one. I like this one more than I liked last week's. Oh, yeah. Um, especially in retrospect, I felt like last week's was a little bit slower. This one definitely picks up on the action. A lot, a lot of really cool gory scenes you get you get a little bit of a a reward for seeing the scene where in in prior episodes where the the gorilla escapes yeah there was a um, missing gorilla on the tv and it's not grod no it's not grod I thought it was so, gonna be grod butterfly gorilla yeah butterfly gorilla but you get to see some good action you get to see uh the team kind of bond a little bit yeah. and, and finally start to to not necessarily always be griping with one another and maybe they're actually starting to get along you had some good peacemaker lines uh the part where he's like if i'm gonna finger a girl i'm not using my pinky <laughs> and he has some good like 80s lines towards you know in in the in the fight scene where he's raiding the factory he's you know eat peace eat peace motherfucker yeah. or there, the, there's the line where he's got the the guy on the ground the one of the butterflies and the guy the butterfly is like they're with charlie he's our Along the line, he's he's our savior. He's like he's not doing a very good job. <laughs> so straight out of the '80s stuff. He's like what do lesbians good lines. know about finger banging? <laughs> <laughs> good good lines, and then they're still getting like that out of bio kind of like her internal strife of working for Waller and what's like what's the significance of planting the diary, and it ends on a cliffhanger. So overall, I thought it was actually a, a pretty solid episode, and um. I enjoyed it. Yeah, Adebayo's having trouble with her work-life balance there, and she's really getting into her job now, but blowing off her family. 
So she's got to find a balance. Rugs, what'd you think? Favorite moments, favorite uh, uh, things, lines? Well, I like that they uh, are bonding and starting to kind of become a team that cares about each other. They start the, uh, the um, what is it called? The 11th Street The 11th Street uh, Kids. The 11th Street Kids. From Hanoi Rocks, which is a real yeah. band. Yeah, it is a real band. Yeah, they, they there was a little bit of that that metal conversation uh, going on, or him and Economos like love bonded over bond, metal. Yeah, I love that they bonded over uh, Norwegian hair metal. Yes, and the Eagly thing was good. You know, where oh. Eagly like felt bad for him and brought him like a kill. And yeah, I love, yeah, I love every time he see. They're like best buds, and you could tell that he's like sad. He's worried about him, and he brings him a rodent. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, the whole I like the new helmet with the uh, X-ray X- eyes. <laughs> X-ray vision is important, and that gets into I mean, the for, thing for this particular mission. It is like you yeah. can see who's a butterfly. And Why wasn't he using this before? And the place is crawling with butterflies. Yeah, but, uh, dude, I really enjoyed this episode. So many great things. Let's just can we talk about the whole scene where they're watching Economos's PowerPoint presentation about what the butterflies are? Because first, you get that great bit about. He has the butterflies going in the butt. And Peacemaker's like, they go into the butt? And I love Vigilante goes, just because they're aliens doesn't mean doesn't make them gross. Bigotry, he says to him. <laughs> so fucking funny. And then the Peacemaker goes, Superman's an alien. He's got a poop fetish, you know? It's, it's fucking good. You heard it on Google. You would think that the Peacemaker would, like, appreciate up-the-butt stuff. Right? He's like, uh, he, I, he would probably think that was funny. Like, I would if I was Peacemaker, but he put an up-the-butt thing. And that's pretty fucking awesome. And then my favorite, my favorite thing in this whole episode was John Cena just naming celebrities and naming names when he's yelling at Economos, going, why the fuck did you frame my dad? And Economos is like, I panicked. I couldn't think of anybody else. And he just goes off. This is actually Cena improving. I, there's an actual, there's a podcast on HBO Max for the show, and they had Economos on, and he said James Gunn just kept running that scene, and he just told John more names, faster, keep going, keep going. And I died when he goes, he goes, Fran Tarkenton, Joe Montana, Joe Montana, and he just can't, <laughs> it's like Michael Jordan, Michael B. Jordan. It's fucking hilarious. The post credit <laughs> scene in this one, it's just more that. of him doing that yeah. with different names. Holy shit! And I was, I was like, wow, John Cena is really fucking funny. I was really impressed. That's all improv. Oh, he's good. I, I, I mean, I've, I was, I've been sold on John Cena since, since Suicide Squad. So, I think he's, I think he's a very talented guy, very talented actor. The, the one thing I didn't get about his character is I thought it was cool that he was just blowing the butterflies up. Yeah. But I thought his character prior to this had turned over a leaf and was like, wait a minute, there's more to these butterflies. So I didn't get that he was all of a sudden just so gung ho about blowing them all up, blowing them all away. I mean, he went, yeah, he went in there just blasting and because he he owns a butterfly now, right, he feeds bonding, the butterfly. Right. Oh, that's a good and point. And he learned from Judo Master that there's the butterflies aren't what you think. So I, I would have thought he would have. I don't know. I felt like it was a step back for that. Isn't character. there a scene towards the end where he he the, in the jar the butterfly takes the goo and makes a peace sign on the jar? Did, did did that happen? That happened, right? I don't think that happened. I know. I think there was like a very quick at the end. I think the butterflies may actually be here to try to help humanity and help the earth. I don't remember that scene, but I do remember him feeding the goo to the butterfly. Yeah, he's pouring the goo in there. 
Um, so I, I don't know. I just felt like that was I, it was a fun, fun little like scene and definitely felt some tension when the gorilla was in there and just throwing them. Like I thought it was good action. The gorilla's throwing them all around. But I, when I thought about it a little more, I'm like, this isn't necessarily what I thought the character was going. I think maybe they were in the shit and he needed to get in there because all of his teammates were in there and he was just like, fuck it. I got to rise to the occasion. Sure. That's that's possible. There's some great lines here too, where he blows the first one away, and I was like, I would have loved the signal. He goes, the signal was I shot her head off, <laughs> and then and then he, he straps a grenade to a Russian tank and throws it, and she's like, I'll run out of bio. Would have been helpful. He's like, I got to tell you to run from a fucking bomb. Come on, what's <laughs> that was great. Was she shooting people after he shoots them? Well, yeah, she after. did it once. Yeah. He's like, you don't have to shoot them after I do. He's like, oh, she's like, oh, oh, okay. But all that goo, there must be a lot of butterflies in the country. I think we saw a map well, briefly. We saw a map yeah, earlier yeah. where the it was all lit up, like all around the world. There's butterflies. And then I love the you know it, uh, Chris and Economos are bonding over Hanoi rocks. And then I love how Vigilante is all salty because he can't bring his chainsaw. And he's like, I'll never get to kill anyone with a chainsaw. And Economos gets the fucking save with a chainsaw through the gorilla. And suddenly Peacemaker's like, that's what I'm talking about. He goes, they kind of go. It's the man. You're the man. And now he finally <laughs> respects him. And Vigilante's a little, he's a little jealous, I think, now. He's like, wouldn't it be cooler if he threw me the chainsaw and then I killed the gorilla? He's like, what are you talking about? Man, he's a loose cannon, that guy. <laughs> Where do we think the whole mer- like? So I'll just jump ahead real quick, and we can we can discuss more, Imran, if you have more. But it ends with Adebayo going to work because she can't sleep right. after placing the diary, and she happens to just throw on the helmet, X-ray vision, sees that Mern's a butterfly, and Mern's attack. Yeah, and then he gets those. So yeah, we also see Mern dealing with this guy that. Is, ends up being the Captain Locke, I think. I was. Would you? Is that guy a butterfly? Also, I, I, I was. I don't know, but sure. she, he helps helps him get those detectives off the set right. a little bit right. off of off a of peacemaker's uh, peacemaker, basically. But like, what do we think of like what is Mern's deal? Because he's a butterfly, he's a butterfly, clearly, but he also has sent in his team to kill butterflies. This is a good mystery. I don't. I, I don't think just like people. I don't think aliens are all just of the same mindset. Right. Mm, right. Right. There's good aliens. There's bad aliens. Yeah. So he's a he's a, a bad butterfly. So the, I swear that butterfly made a, a peace sign out of the fucking. You're still on the peace sign because that that's Goff. <laughs> the one he has was the Senator Goff butterfly. So if if Mern is a, a butterfly who's come to stop the evil butterflies on the planet or he's looking for a food source to take back maybe they're fighting over the goo so you think Mern is a good butterfly uh, me, i don't know i think he might be a bad butterfly so the big twist would be that he's a bad butterfly and all the ones that they've been killing were actually yeah. trying to stop him from destroying the world or something because he attacks at a bio at the end and it cuts no there's no way in hell that they're the actually good they're the good guys the, uh, this team is the good guys oh i see they're, what you're they yeah. think they're the good guys but they're really no, right Carrying out some nefarious shit. And, you know, there's a mention of, like, deep state conspiracy and that they get blocked everywhere. And, like, how many butterflies are in the government that are either helping them or trying to stop them from finding out the truth? What do we think the significance of planting the diary? That's all so weird. I don't understand. She So she's read it. She knows everything that's in there. Uh, I don't know why. Did she put something in there? No, that diary is going to be bogus. It's gonna you don't be, think it's a real diary? I think that there's things in there that they've forged or something to make the Patsy uh, peacemaker. Mm, yeah. 
I think there's something to do in the. Di- I think there's something in the diary to frame that him? makes. I don't know if it frame. No, it's not to frame him. I think it's just to like throw him over the edge. Oh. Maybe something along the lines of him being responsible for his brother's yeah, death yeah, yeah. or something. Something I don't know, but I think they're trying. Definitely trying to fuck with. Obviously, trying to fuck with Peacemaker. The be- the most important question though, out of the three that I had is. When is he banging hardcore? <laughs> is that happening? She's starting <laughs> to warm she up to him a little bit more. According now, to him, according to him, is being handsome. Right. Remember that? He goes, <laughs> that he goes, was great. And she's starting like, to context? like come around on him a little bit. But what did, what did he say? He goes, uh, "Oh, just because you're so handsome doesn't think doesn't mean you can get what you want. Can't be an asshole, to everybody, or something like that." You're yeah, like, still a piece of shit, like, though. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's like, uh, "I don't know. I guess." <laughs> What do you think, Anthony? How would it, what does that mean, Anthony? That he's, if he's going to bang? No, I mean, court? like, if someone says to you that those was the... Oh, I, would, I, I would definitely be like Peacemaker in that instance. That's one of the few times I would be you like think Peacemaker. I'm <laughs> I'd definitely be like, yeah, she thinks I'm fucking hot. <laughs> fucking hot. He goes, she wants a. it. She digs this. She wants this. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like the Adebayo when, when Peacemaker tries to offer her a drink, yes. like, to come in. Adebayo's like, you're not going to, like, Try to have sex with me. You're not going to claim your dick is lesbian to fuck me, right? Because that gorilla broke my dick, and by the way, my dick is lesbian. But this is inappropriate right now. (laughs) Also, the drink he makes her. We learned a bunch of things in there. Uh, We learned that his uh, there's a newspaper clip that says new hero peacemaker apprehends kite man. So he was a good guy and like and got kite man at one point. And kite man's great character in the Harley Quinn show. And then he offers her a drink called the Peace Train, which is gin, vermouth, vinegar, peppercorn, maple syrup, and yak butter. And it tastes like feces, apparently. It's not a good well, Really? Yeah. yeah. He didn't use yak butter. It's hard to get around there. Uh, but uh, I, lo- I love their little relationship. It's, uh, it's, very, it's very cool and endearing. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to turn again. I, I, last week, I was like, Adebayo is definitely evil like i think she's there's something going oh, not evil right. but nefarious yeah. and now i'm t- coming i've switched my stance i think she's i think she is like genuinely trying to help peacemaker but also is stuck between that and completing the mission for her mom right and you know uh, waller's gonna come in and fuck them all well, at, at well, some yeah, point they're definitely as rug said they're definitely doing a mission or they're we know that we know the gist now like it, this has happened in both suicides but they're doing something that they think is good for good good reason but they're not Oh, we also get the return of Amber and Evan, where the detectives visit them, and Evan just <laughs> spills it right away. And Amber's like, Evan, you fucking pussy! <laughs> I it's love just like them. the most miserable couple I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it really they're, is. They're I would hilarious. fucking kill myself if I was there. They are so funny. I will say, how many episodes we got left? We got three episodes left now. I, I have been enjoying the show for the most part. But I don't think I could take a whole universe of this. Yeah. Like, the conversations are funny, but if, like, every show was like this, I wouldn't think it was yeah, funny. Yeah, you tire of it. It's like Vegas. It's great for three days, right? Right. For, like, one one. I've never been there, there is, but that's what I've heard. Yeah, you're absolutely right. At Vegas, you get you have to leave after two to three days. Yeah. But that, you're absolutely right. And there is a small part of me, although I am enjoying it, that I'm, like, getting a little tired of the fact that, like, every conversation is... Is like the same conversation, kind of just is. equally stupid. Yeah, just get ready for another random. Like, remember the part where we learned uh, Peacemaker gave all uh, nicknames for people based on what their dick looked like. That was right, a conversation. Right. He calls him Thimble. Thimble, Prince Charming, because it looked like a right. scepter. But there's tons, there's tons of these little 
side uh, little uh, convos. Uh, it, you know, I, uh, I don't know. At least they moved the story all, uh, forward a little yeah, bit. At here. least the story's, story's moving forward yeah. and there's some progression with it. Like the team doesn't absolutely hate each other anymore. And I felt like for the, I felt like this story, like last week, I felt like the story kind of stalled a little bit, but this one drove it forward uh, like a couple, a couple stops on the train. Which is which is what I want to see. Uh, so detective, the detectives know that the prints match, and they got switched, and she ends up going to her uncle to get a search warrant. So that's going to be interesting. Also, they drop a lot of hints they have throughout the show about vigilante being really, really fucked up character. Okay, what? The, and one was in the second episode. The uh, post credit scene was the scene where they're staking out the senator's house, and vigilante finds them. Right. So it was a cut clip where Hardcore is like. It's a vigilante. If you fuck this up, I will go and kill your entire family. And vigilante goes, ha, too late. And I was like, what? Uh, and then there's another, <laughs> there's another line in here where he goes, well, I don't have any emotions. So it didn't bother me about him being bullied. He says he doesn't have any emotions. But he does. But he, but he clearly he does. gets mad and jealous and stupid. And then yeah. the, like the most psychotic bit of dialogue where, he, when we find out butterflies can use any life form as a host, he goes, oh, my God, a chihuahua? Wouldn't that be cool? And she goes, why? He goes, you tell me. And she goes, it wouldn't. And he goes, there's your answer. And just starts laughing. I'm like, what is wrong with this guy? He's Oh, yeah, he's he's clearly demented for he sure. He is just uh, very dangerous and can snap at any moment. It makes it fascinating. He's not walking around with a limp anymore. No. I guess that tell, pinky toe. Hey, Brubeck? It's fine. It's not, not as bad as it it's needs just to be, a flesh as, as wound. It <laughs> it's only a flesh wound. Let's continue. Uh, but otherwise, a very enjoyable, entertaining episode. Like I said, there's three episodes left. James Gunn has confirmed uh, that he is working on another Suicide Squad spinoff. Oh shit! For hmm. HBO Max, he says um, he he says it's connected to this universe, and he says it won't be the same genre. As Peacemaker, it won't be as much a comedy as Peacemaker, mm. but it will be in the same universe. Do we want to guess who do we think? Bloodsport. Well, uh, there's been rumors of Bloodsport. Coup, Mate. Oh, not, not that not one. Not that one. Yeah. Oh. Bloodsport. So in this article, it says uh, Idris Alba's schedule right now probably won't allow it. So they're discounting Bloodsport. Oh. Also, Margot Robbie is busy. It's one, no one person left then. Who is that? Ratcatcher. Ratcatcher, too. That's uh, exactly right. That's who they think the show. And I mean, she was kind of interesting. You could do cool flashback stuff with Taika Waititi. Oh. Would you want a rat, <laughs> rat catcher? I mean, she's TV cute, stuff? but that's about it. Yeah. You know, that power, actually, by the end of that movie, the power is very useful and very powerful. I was like, holy shit, I guess it does uh, help to control if, if all there's, the rats. If there's a story that James Gunn would latch onto, it's doing something with Ratcatcher. So I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's probably. I would love uh, Polka Dot Man to come back to life. Dave, my buddy, Vitiligo oh, buddy, did. David Desmalchian. He did. Uh, but he's dead. So, also, another on a podcast, James Gunn uh, talking to what podcast was this? Um, Jock and Nerd podcast. No, it was Deadline's what? Hero Nation podcast. He has confirmed he's shooting Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 right now, which Mern is in. He has said that this is the last time people will see this team of guardians this is the end for us uh and i'm wondering if he's g really enjoying working over at warner brothers and making like r-rated stuff and just wants to stay there but what do you guys think of that the one last guardians of the galaxy 3 
is he going to kill everyone? Is it going to be they're going to end it out or just switch? Are we going to get to see Vance Astro finally? Well, you will see Adam Warlock. Hmm. Who's Vance Astro? Who's Vance was like original Guardians? Yeah. So like the Avengers, the team has had a bunch of different people on Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I think. um, No, I don't think it's necessarily that he likes working with DC. I'm sure he does. I think he's he's probably just done with the story. Yeah, he's had yeah. A, a three movie arc include, and then with Avengers appearances, and I think I think it's time. I think three movies is a good way to to maybe kill off some guys and and move in a different direction. And you know, Marvel's obviously moving into to the Phase Four, and right, they're not necessarily going to rely on all the old characters. So I think it, it's just a natural conclusion to his story. They're going to have to bring a whole new roster anyway. All these people are like, I'm done with this. Well, they we, want to move on. So, uh, yeah. So obviously, yeah, we Batista's know, been Batista, openly, yes, <laughs> like wanting to leave and do other things. He just yeah, he wants talks. to be on the set of Dune pacing around in another costume. So, oh, yeah. What did he say about Dune? We talked about that. He was basically like, uh, I'm doing real work. In yeah, Dune, yeah. Not <laughs> just walking around in makeup. He had two yeah, lights. I'm not just walking around in makeup. Wait a minute. What, what did we see on screen? Mr. <laughs> Batista. We think we saw you walk around in makeup. He's like, just wait till the second one. I get to do a lot more. I, I say a lot more. Uh, but, uh, you know, we know when James Gunn got fired initially from Disney and then rehired later, Batista was, uh, you know, just one of his upset. big supporters. Yeah, he's shit talking Disney all the time. Also read Bradley Cooper is done playing Rocket. And uh, they, I think you're right. I think it's time. The third movie. Close yeah, out the team. Kill by some the people. time the th- this movie comes out. This will be, I believe, the sixth appearance because they're all. I think a lot of those characters are in Thor and Love and Thunder. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gonna be like so a, you'll, you'll have six movies with these guys, and I think yeah, yeah there's a lot of them. A lot of them are good actors and want to do other things. Uh, Chris Pratt, I don't know what he's gonna do. He's probably gonna play himself in other movies, but he's, just, <laughs> he's got he's got Jurassic Park. He's got he's some got, other things he could do, and uh, it, I just haven't seen him act in any other way than being Chris <laughs> than Pratt. Being Chris we'll Pratt. be back yeah. to adult Groot again, and the circle will complete itself. What will Vin Diesel do? That's the real question. <laughs> Oh, he's Make just going to be begging. He's going to be Black Bolt. Oh, yeah. That's, he could <laughs> be Black Bolt. Yeah. That's a, that's a rumor. He would that, make that, a good yeah, Black that's Bolt. That's a rumor right there. He's going to keep sending messages to The Rock publicly, trying to apologize. Yeah, he's going to beg The Rock to keep <laughs> coming back to his Love movie man. and looking like an idiot. <laughs> I'm sorry, Vin. I'm sure you're not an idiot. Anyways, we got a lot more James Gunn fun stuff. 2023 is when Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is coming out. May we, so we got three episodes left. Three episodes left So of this. Let's just... We we we've haven't been rating it, but so far, just what do we think of the show? Do we do we obviously we all seem to like it, but if we had to give it a rating right now, we never do this, but let's do it. Mid show rating, yeah, not even mid, not we're mid, halfway three through. quarter, three yeah. quarter show rating. I'll give it an eight out of ten right now. I'm enjoying the show. Eight out of ten. What yeah. about you, rugs? Eh, probably would do like a eight out of ten too. Yeah, I'm enjoying it for what it is. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. I hate, I hate when we all agree, but I'll go eight, eight as well. Yeah, I think it's it's good. I give it two geek boners. Geek boner. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I can get critical on it, but there's nothing else on. This is true. Really? Yeah. There's nothing else on. It does tickle, you know, a lot of little fancies in, in and out. Like you got the comedy, you got a little action, you got just, I, I love, you know, inappropriate humor. It's yeah. one of my, if you're going to have it, you might as well do that kind of humor. And when it all is said and done, it does expand the DC universe. So it is good for comics, too. So it's it's hitting all those little bases. I think what also helps is that we've had this string of Marvel shows. Right. And they've all been, you know, solid. But it's just so unequivocally not Marvel. Yes. That, 
that just it also is just it it has that appeal of kind of sticking the middle finger like hey you safe motherfuckers we're we're doing peacemaker we're gonna talk about finger banging with your pinky everything they just talk about everything i mean it's yeah. a great adult action comedy i mean it's like the boys is the only thing that's on tv that's yeah. like it yeah i was thinking the, that the boys and um and invincible really yeah yeah and but live in action, terms of like the yeah. the the tone and, and the the bloodiness the and violence the, and, the, and just the yeah. don't give a fuck. dialogue yeah Although Invincible is a little bit more serious, but still. I mean, this is even less serious than The Boys. Uh, and I was thinking about like yeah. how it matches up to their other co- comic book shows. Like, Doom Patrol is great, but Doom Patrol is so fantasy, really, and wacky. This is way more grounded, so it's just a little more relatable. Like, Doom Patrol is super weird, so... Yeah. Wait a minute! You're, you're related to you. You you find some relatability to these characters. I relate to Adebayo. <laughs> you're you're definitely at Economos. I'm Economos. I totally relate to yeah, John yeah. Economos. <laughs> the fucking guy can't catch a break, but finally comes. And through. it's not because of his weight. It's just the, it's the, the dive beard. Per- yeah, it's the, the dive personality. Beard. And I also make really shitty PowerPoint presentations. I hate PowerPoint. It's the worst <laughs> fucking thing. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, what did the vigilante say? He's like, it looks like that. Monkey and the man are friends. Want to be friends. (laughs) 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 Also, that 11th Street uh, group. I like when they made. She made a group text group. 11th Street Kids Mm -hmm. that exists in real life. Also, with the actors, like uh, uh, Jennifer Holland posted on Twitter her her group text with all the actors. That's 11th Street Kids. So, how about your boy your boy Vigilante responding with the mermaid emoji? What the fuck was that? And he goes, (laughs) "What did he say?" He goes, "It's holistic." Yeah. That's what uh, that's what Peacemaker says it's when merman. he asked him. It, what does the merman mean? Is there a meaning for it? I, I, I've maybe used it once, and <laughs> only because I thought it was funny to just respond with a mermaid. <laughs> Eggplant, merman, piece of shit. Is, do they all mean something, or are they some of them just what they are? These emojis. I, I think they're all slowly gaining meaning. I mean, we know the cap is cap lie. I learned that P is playa, oh. which means like you did a really good job, like you're doing awesome. Mm. Oh, it's a like, whole other fucking. I know like, what eggplant like, is and apricots yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, I know those two. <laughs> those are pretty obvious. But what man, about the peach? Do you guys know what the peach is? That's what, that's what I, I meant. That, I think. Peach, yeah. not the apricot. Yeah. Same yeah, apricots. Fuzzy fruit. It's fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, good shit. I'm excited uh, for the next episode. Uh, listener, check out our T Public shop. You can buy. A Jockiner t-shirt over at jockiner.com slash shop or a mug or a nope a laptop case or a pillow. We have a lot of fun designs. You can put rug boy on your face and chest. We got face masks. Got a shout out listener and uh, fellow podcaster Jamie Robinson of he's Mr. Throwback Thursday of the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast posted a photo in our Facebook group uh, this week with him with he bought a new shirt. He bought the red rug boy approved shirt. And he says, new hotness, the only show aside from my own that I rep in public. Damn straight. Jockey nerd. Thank you, Jamie, for buying. Uh, I look great on you, by the way. Look at Rugs. What do you think? People walking around with uh, your likeness on, on their chest. How does that make you feel? I think it'll scare small children everywhere. That's and I think exactly it's fun. what it's when I intended. I think about that. Yes. <laughs> when I just see, like, I just imagine this dude walking around, like, the mall or something or wherever he is, Walmart or whatever he's going, and then some little kid just like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Kids are just crying as he walks by and like, he's looking at me, break out into tears. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck am I looking at? Listen, this that's is crazy. A, it's an honor for you to be on Jamie's chest there. And thank you very much for buying it. Thank you. Somebody buy stuff. People buy more I stuff. I want to ride everyone. 
<laughs> there's a similar right there. uh, five o'clock shadow on both Rug Boy and Jim. Yeah, oh, yeah, there is some similarity there. I'm not going to say there's full similarity because that, that's an insult. To, uh, Jamie definitely doesn't look poor. Whereas Rug Boy looks <laughs> poor. You know, Rug like Boy, look at how great my hair looks, though, even though I'm poor. <laughs> Your hair does look great. Uh, yeah, it's it's got, but that's because you've been sleeping. Like that's just permanent, like trash can head. Yeah, it's natural bed head. Yeah. It looks. Yeah. Uh, it's always in style. It, yeah, <laughs> like people like put stuff in their hair to look like they just woke up out of bed. But that's how I no, always look. No yeah, that's just the natural oils. Yeah, there's no product in there. They haven't all... been washed out no. in at least three to five years. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't have dreadlocks by now, rugs. That would be great. It doesn't do that. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> well, Jamie doesn't look poor. I wanted to appropriate. Yeah, and you can do it. <laughs> All right, let's take a break here. We're going to play some promos and come back and uh, get to the next chapter of the Book of Boba Fett right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. I'm Imran. And I'm Sophia. I'm the brother. And I'm the sister. And we are watching a show about cousins. We're your hosts for Dance of Joy, a Perfect Strangers rewatch podcast. We grew up watching the 80s hit sitcom, and now we'd like you to join us every week as we rediscover our love for our favorite TV cousins, Balky and Larry. You can find our show at danceofjoypod.com and on all major podcast platforms. Now we are so happy, Sophia. We do the Dance of Joy. Iman, this is a podcast. They can't see us. Oh, po-po. What's up, everybody? This is Mr. Throwback Thursday from the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast. Along with my co-host, Bill, every Thursday, we bring you classic hip-hop. Classic. Classic. You know, all the good stuff, the stuff that you forgot about, the golden age, pre-golden age, back to the original era. Each week we bring you hip-hop headlines, so we let you know what's going on with your favorite artists from back in the day. We bring you Wu News. We dedicate an entire segment just to the Wu-Tang Clan every week. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. We bring you two records. One is a one and done. One is a record of the week. We give you an artist of the month. We give you all the classics. Classic. Classic. Come and check us out. Every week we're on iTunes, Stitcher, and at MrThrowbackThursday.com. And if you remember nothing else, always remember, new school stale, old school fresh. Doc and Nerd. Listener, if you enjoy the Jock and Nerd podcast, you should consider joining our fan club over on Patreon. Just visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. There's a link in the show notes. Jock and Nerd. And it's a way you can support the show and you get stuff like a bonus feed, a bonus podcast feed with bonus content. Shows come out early and a bunch of other things. Gotta say a huge thank you. We got a returning patron, you guys. Oh, shit. Huge thank you to listener and returning Patreon supporter, Brian Goff. (laughs) He's back. You guys may remember Brian Goff. He was in our Facebook group. He got off of Facebook a while ago just because it's fucking Facebook. And sometimes you just got to not be on it because it'll make you crazy. But he uh, runs a Parks and Rec meme Instagram page. Called oh. Parks and Rec's memes mm. also has a Parks and Rec podcast called Citizens of Pawnee, and he's been listening for a long time. So, Brian, thank you 
for jumping back on the fucking. Thanks for jumping back on the oh geek my wagon. God. Oh my god! <laughs> and Brian, speaking of oh my god, now gets Discord benefits. He signed up for five dollars a month, <laughs> which means he can ju- he can join us on our monthly <laughs> Discord hangout. What's up? What's what's happening over there? Are you okay? You're so choking bad. on something? <laughs> No, I'm he's, laughing. He's What's laughing. He did that shit. <laughs> he's laughing at me doing the oh my god thing. <laughs> yeah. The oh my god, got him. Yes, popular meme with the kids <laughs> these days. What I hear. I will have a, cl- a, a drop of that. Oh my god! I haven't heard. I haven't heard Rug Boy Belly laugh like that in a really long time. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> I you were, laugh, you were laughing laugh. so you were laughing so much that it, it distracted Imran. <laughs> I started snorting because I was trying to he stop myself from laughing. I thought he was choking. Yeah. I was concerned. Anyway, snorting. Brian and everyone else on our uh, Patreon page who supports us five dollars a month and above can join us on no our next we're talking about. Discord hangout. It will be it doesn't matter. <laughs> Thursday, February twenty fourth, eight p.m. Uh, America time, Central America. America time. Central what America. Is America time. Central time in America. There's a few time zones out here. We're doing it at 12:30 Russia time. <laughs> I'm doing it at 8 p.m. You got to guess what time zone it is. I'm not going to tell you. Good luck. Uh, anyways, thank you to all our patrons. We really appreciate your support. It keeps the show going. Keep covers some of the yes, overhead. Thank you very much. We uh, it's the best thing. It's the best thing. You guys are great. All right, let's get to the next review, and it is the book. Of Boba Fett, Chapter 5. Here is your spoiler alerts. I'm going to do this one this way. Come on, baby. Do the magic hand thing. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. This one, Chapter 5, titled Return of the Mandalorian. Geek Booner. Uh, and this Once reason, again, Return of the Mando. The return, Once again. Yeah. <laughs> Return of the Mac. Oh my Mando. God. Oh my God. Now that's going to be stuck in my head. Uh, and uh, Great line. <laughs> You've derailed the show again. The reason I put this episode in the second half of the show, this 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 review is I think there's a lot more to discuss with uh, episode Agreed. five of Boba Fett than there is in Peacemaker. This one written by John Favreau, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, who did two episodes of Mandalorian and they're two very good episodes. She is Ron Howard's daughter. Ron Howard's daughter. She is good at directing. She knows her Star Wars. She is uh what you gonna call it? She played Gwen Stacy in Spider Man Three. Oh, that's right. Sa- was she Sarah Connor too or Sir no, no. she was No, she was uh she was John Connor's wife in Oh yeah, she was a Connor. She also ran away from a Tyrannosaurus Rex in heels. Yes, she did. It's hard to do, but she managed Just to pull it She was the lady yeah. in the water, too. She, yeah. yeah. And she's, she had, there was a great episode of Black Mirror uh, that she was in also. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, super talented. Anthony, what happens in Chapter 5, Return of the Mand? DeLorean. Doe? <laughs> Man, Doe. Uh, yes. I mean, was this Episode 5, right? This is Episode 5. Chapter 5. Episode 5, or as I like to call it, Episode one of season three of Mandalorian. Oh shit! Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This episode is this. The show is called Book of Boba Fett, but there is absolutely no Boba Fett in this episode. Zero Boba Fett. This is basically a continuation of where we left off in season two of Mandalorian, and Mando. It's all focused on Mando, Dinjarin. He is without Grogu, and he's a little little bit more. 
brutal now that he's wild grogu grogu he's back to being a mercenary but he's still wants to get back to grogu and he's also trying to figure out find his people and this whole episode is about him finding his people again learning a little bit more about the history he's got the dark saber yes. so that's going to cause a little bit of tension oh yeah we learn a lot about the mandalorian peoples as a whole and what's where they are and how they've gotten there and a little bit of their lore. And along with that, he wants to get back to Grogu. So he's trying to find a way to get back to Grogu and he gets, goes to Tatooine and is basically building a ship to take him back to Grogu. So, Yeah, and then Fennec Shan finds him and it's like, you need a job. Yeah. And he's like, I'm in. And that's all we get from that other from the show. That that, other, yeah, that's <laughs> like we get 20 seconds from like the other show that this is affiliated with well there's two things going on here that are interesting to me there's number one this whole kind of dichotomy between what the fuck is a mandalorian and who are in this religious sect that that he's kind of trying to ingratiate himself to like like um we all know if you're like a clone wars watcher or rebels watcher that mandalorians are not you know, indicative of this kind of mask, always on helmet, always on sect right. that have all these rules. Not all of them, right? This is some kind of old school religious sect. It's Orthodox Mando. Yeah, I guess. So I think that if he went back to Mandalore and saw that that's not the case of what a Mandalorian, that's not necessarily what a Mandalorian is, I think he would feel more... Um, uh, free, I guess he wouldn't feel so so confined to try and please these people, and then they reject him. They said, "Oh, you took off your helmet. You can no longer become a a Mandalorian unless you go to Mandalore and you st- stick your head in some like water that's underneath all the fucking mines yep. and shit." Yep, he's got to so, bathe in the thing. So he's got to get Grogu. He wants to see Grogu. He wants to visit his kid, and then he's. Ha- I guess the next thing he's going to have to do in, in in the actual series is go and take this bath. Yeah. You know? He's gonna redeem himself. But yeah, that's pretty much they're setting up season three. Like we're gonna see Mandalore, and we see it. I think for the first time in live action, you see moments like the Night of a Thousand Tears. You see them blowing up the Mandalorian capital. You do get a lot of history. Uh, Anthony, did you follow? You got you followed all the history in the first half because they there's so they put so much shit in this episode. There's so many Easter eggs. We talk about the Vizlas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I for the most part, I did. I'm. Uh, the there's the obviously that old school way of thinking. It looks like they got bombed out by Tie Fighters. Yeah. They had some sort of kind of alliance with the Jedi's, I believe. Or there was a Mandalorian that became a Jedi. Yes. I like the dichotomy of the Je- the Jedi being when they become Jedi, be like cutting all bonds, but the Mandalor Mandalorians are all about loyalty. It looks like they're they're building into some of the history of the Black Saber, and it looks like. Um, what's her name? Bo-Katan is going to be maybe a kind of a threat to Mando because she obviously wants that dark saber. And there's that whole history of her acquiring the dark saber, but not by combat. Right, she so, was gifted the dark saber. Yeah. There, you know what I think was, was good about this episode other, other than the fact that it's basically a Mandalorian. Yes. So it is Mando's history is just so much cooler and there's yeah. so much more to mine. Whereas Boba Fett, has just been living off the fact that he's Boba Fett and they're trying to build that history yeah, around him. Yeah. But from what I've gathered, the, the, the stuff they've established in Clone Wars and other mediums, there's just so much more to mine. And 
it makes for a much more interesting character and it makes for a lot of different things they can do. Plus, Mando's in a space where he's he's kind of like lost without Grogu. Like he had found basically an identity with Grogu. He wasn't just a Mandalorian, a bounty hunter. He had found uh, purpose, connection to yeah. someone, a purpose. And now he's lost without that purpose, and he's trying to you know just check on the the child and and all of that's really interesting. Like there. I don't. I like. I really like this episode. First off, yeah. and I, there, you can. The reason I. The reason you can tell I like this episode is I remember most of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, I think this episode shows like just kind of like the dichotomy between what's working in Mandalorian and what isn't working in Boba Fett. Mandalorian. I, I, there was a part where I genuinely laughed when Mandalorian Mando's hang, hanging out with the lady that's helping him build the ship. Kelly Motto. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. You, there's just a lot like. Whereas Boba Fett, you've got two pretty wooden characters as the main characters. You have him and Fennec Shan, yeah. so there isn't like a lot of lightheartedness with it, that show. And this episode completely succeeds because there's just no Boba Fett. And Boba Fett's in, like once you get into this story, I literally by the end of this was like, yeah, let's just get into Mandalorian season yeah, three. I give no Boba shits Fett. about the rest of this Boba Fett show. Fuck that show. Is it a problem that... <laughs> Possibly the best episode of a show called The Book of Boba Fett does not feature the Boba Fett. Look, um, the directing is a big part of it. Yes, she's did so. And good the budget at this. for this yeah, episode yeah. was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The directing in in Boba Fett has not been the greatest. There's been a lot of Robert Rodriguez episodes that are kind of lackluster, and there was a couple that was okay um, here and there, but for the most part. Um, you can see the just the change in the direction, how it's handled, how the moments are handled, how um, there's little, even little moments, and you know when he's got to like take his his guns off and put them into a, a oh, thing, that's great or, too, yeah. Or he's sitting on a train, you know, yep, like yep. It, it, a lot of these things are just like they're not action sequences, but they're just directed better. They just the yeah. shots and how it's handled is better, like. I, I remember he's taking his stuff off and he's like looking around and he's just like, kind of like does he's like antsy. He's like looking around as he's taking the stuff Dude, off. When he, he's when like he had taking to, up. He's well, like he has to take a commercial flight, which is hilarious. And when he ch- has to check his weapons and he puts the fucking dark saber in there, I'm like, what are you doing? Don't check the dark saber. And but nothing happened. Like I think they wanted you to think someone was going to steal it, uh, but it wasn't. It was no, all I think it was just a, it was just a a nice little scene that just kind of makes it more relatable. Right. Like he has a check in stuff. Yeah. And then he gets on the flight. Doesn't and, have a ship. And the alien kid is like staring <laughs> at him. And everyone's had a kid that stares yeah, at him, but it, for him it means more, right? Like yeah. it's funny, but it also reminds him of Grogu. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It was it was very well directed. I, I wrote down too that this episode finally put the star back in Star Wars again. <laughs> oh shit. Nice. Because oh, this shit. episode had like very different locales. That fucking ring was um, like so so. Cool. We were just talking about Halo. There's it's it's like a Halo world. It's a ring yeah. planet structure, uh, and it was and it was great to get off Tatooine. Absolutely, we saw some new places. I mean, I love the beginning when he shows up. Like he just showed up at the beginning of Mandalorian, just a silhouette behind the fucking plastic pieces, and then he does the thing that we've all wanted to see this in the show the whole time. He's just slaughtering dudes, cutting yeah. them in half. He- 
Yeah. It's amazing. Heads off. Holy shit. I don't get why they can have him cut people in half with the dark saber and cut his own leg accidentally. Yeah. You can show that. He can't control but it. Then Boba Fett is so sterilized yeah. when he fights. Well, but he Boba Fett is a different yeah, he's a different person and he's sixty one years old. But he's a different <laughs> he's changed. He's on a different trajectory, but now he needs a guy like this. I just think that the interesting Boba Fett was the young Boba Fett. Yes. Yeah. I, that, that always was very I always resourceful, think about that. Yeah. like a prodigy. Yeah. Like a pirate, get, you know? get that show. Make a fucking young Boba Fett show. I read an article on the Ringer, and I and I agreed with it. I think a lot of the issue with Boba Fett is they kind of they touch on these themes that could be potentially interesting. Like, for instance, ever since Bib Fortuna has been gone, the streets have gone to shit, right. and like there's a lot of poverty. But then, like they 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 mention that but they don't show anything. But, but yeah, but they don't show it. Like you you show the the biker gang and it doesn't look like they're necessarily all that poor right yet they're like oh we don't have any work and like you don't show you're like you have that scene where the guy's like oh the streets are like chaos without you where no one respects you yes but then there is no like he yeah. walks around the streets and everyone's just milling around their business like it's a normal day like they and like you could get into some of for instance the stuff with the tuscan raiders like you could get into okay like his main motivation, his stated motivation is he's tired of being a pawn and he wants to rule. That's okay. But what if, like, you did these flashbacks and the Tuscan Raiders, you find out that the Tuscan Raiders were slaughtered because there's this crime syndicate in, in Tatooine led by Bib Fortuna. And, like, basically his entire family of Tuscan Raiders was was taken from him because of how deep the seeds of crime is in Tatooine. And that gives him an actual motivation to go, Oh, like there's some like deep shit here that I need to uncover, and like for it to like really change, I need to lead this. Yeah. But mm. instead, his his motivation's like, I'm tired of being a pawn. I'm gonna lead now. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, what are the? Why did? What's the point of the flashbacks with the Tuscan Raiders? Like that doesn't really actually motiv- motivate that character to lead. He's just like he was always gonna do that. And then present storyline wise, five episodes in, very little has actually happened. Yeah, and you like know. this show that they didn't like the flashbacks were just in hindsight now just such a bad move. Like this episode, no flashbacks, moves at a the, the show's like forty eight. This episode's like forty eight minutes, moves at a really good pace, lots of depth, lots of very good direction, funny at times. Like I'm just surprised that these are the same creators of of Mandalorian right? and that are, that are doing. Better, I think but. they just shot themselves in the foot. I think that what they did was that they created Mandalorian and then without thinking about Boba Fett and, or maybe trying to replace Boba Fett and then realizing that they could get Boba Fett back. It feel, it felt like like a, a wasted effort. Mm. Like they don't need it. It's like moot. Like you already have the Mandalorian. You don't need Boba Fett anymore. Right. I so agree that. it's like, and then, and then they are stuck with like, okay, let's, how do we make them different? But you're making them different in all the ways that it's not interesting. So it's just weird. Uh, I mean, Boba Fett got the raw deal here. Yeah, I um, agree. So, there you I go. agree. I think Boba Fett. Everything they're doing with Mandalorian, they could have just easily thrown Boba Fett's helmet on, and it would yeah. have been like, oh, like this is now like Boba Fett's even more cool. But they did that with Mandalorian instead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the flashbacks, but it could have been told in like one or two episodes. I just it went on too long, leaving no time for you know the story to progress. Well, and the, the flashbacks just, they were just so jarring. Like, they never, 
Whenever you you do a flashback, it didn't inform it's supposed story, to relate yeah. to the story yeah. in present day, and it, it felt like two just different stories being told at the same time. So, uh, and, the, and the present day story was, wasn't as interesting as the flashback. No, it wasn't. Uh, a couple other things I love about the first half is uh, the details of uh, that she the armor melts down his spear, and she makes something for Grogu and then gives him a little pouch that looks like fucking Baby Yoda. It's great. What do we think that is? It's Chainmail. Chain, is it armor? It's, it's got to be armor. It's very right? small, though. It's a really small, like uh, all the armor. His, I mean, he's small. Well, doesn't she melt the the Beskar spear and be like, "These aren't Beskars that made for for weapons. Yes, it's, it's for made for armor." armor. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then she's like, "What do you want me to make?" He's like, "Something for my little buddy." So maybe he's gonna get some armor. That'll be cool. And then the whole idea that the dark spear is hard to control. It gets heavier if you fight dark it. Saber. The dark saber that's established in yeah, the Clone Wars. That's kind of cool seeing that though, uh, practically. And he hurts himself. With yeah, it. he cut himself yeah. accidentally, and he's challenged for it. And then that's when we find out that. I love that she's like, have you removed your helmet? And he goes, well, sort of. I, I did find it funny. I wrote this down. I go, after that battle and they'd spent, it seems like they'd spent, you know, a couple, some time at, you know, like maybe, I don't know, an hour, an hour and a half. Who knows how much time. Yeah. But she finally goes, after the battle, she thinks to herself, maybe I should ask him if he's ever removed his helmet. <laughs> kind of an like, important what, thing. What made, yeah, what, like, but it was like. What made her think to even ask that? I just don't understand that if she even has the, the ability to fucking tell him, shit, he's got the sword. He's the automatic Mandalore. Ruler, right? Yeah, he? He, defeated, yeah well, he defeated. You tell us, isn't he? He should be, according yeah. to their, their, you know, he possesses the Darksaber. Yeah, yeah. How can, how, yeah, that's a good, I actually didn't think of that. Yeah. How can she tell him to leave if he's the ruler of Mandalore? Because he's a little bitch. He just, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I don't know. That he explains just, it. He just, he's like, just takes her word for everything you know she he's he's chosen to listen to this these mandalorians yeah i like that whole that history though like it actually it was the one of the things i went oh like this is actually something that can be mine and actually makes me interested in the show yeah i want to see him go to mandalore that's gonna be dope i like that just the dichotomy of there being different like mandalorians that believe they can take off the helmet and obviously bo katan felt like she was the ruler and she didn't have to win it in battle but then he does defeat Moff Gideon, who we find out is just he's in jail and he's about to be tried. So, oh, and they're pissed because they're like, you should have brought him here. Right. And he was like, oh, yeah, he'll die for his crimes. And they're like, they're just like, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. They're not going to kill him. No, he's going to walk. They're going to let him go. You know, that always happens. Uh, and then so then the second half is Mando going to Tatooine flying commercial. And we see Peli Mato. Amy Sedaris is so funny. Uh, I love this whole scene with the montage where he's helping her build the ship. I could I, I could have done without it. You didn't like personally. that? No, I thought it was a waste of uh, time. It was. I thought she. I agree that it was a long. It was a long construction of the ship. I mean, there's t- and there's a lot of Easter eggs to like Phantom Menace and the original movie and Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah, but this ship is not even like a ship that you should have if you're yes, a bounty hunter. This Naboo starfighter from the Phantom Menace is not a very practical ship for a bounty hunter. Like, where is he going to put Why his bounty? Where you need place to put your stuff? Is this supposed to signal that he's no longer a bounty hunter? Like, where's he going to put Grogu when he gets him? And and if he catches somebody, like, you need a big ship. Well, like he's the got Razor like Crest. a little pod for an R two D two to they, go. But they took that out. Going. Yeah, they took out the droid parts. I also love how like yeah, well, that's that's where Grogu's going to sit. That's where he could sit. But I love how they hot rodded it. Like the engine is above, like in a hot rod car. No, the the ship looks cool. I just don't think it's the right ship for him. But like, I think that that ship's going to be gone by the end of this episode. It might it might blow up again. 
I, I mentioned it earlier, but the line where she goes, I've dated a, oh my God, a Java before. They're very furry. And then she like smicks, smacks her lip. Very furry. And then do you notice the Java, the Java goes, and I think he said, hey, you want to come back to my place later? And she's like, no, no, thanks. I'm working on myself right now. Like, I think the Java tried to ask her out and she just brushed him off. And she goes, furry, quite furry. Very furry. Does she blow? Does she blow the jowl? What is going on here? The thing with her lips are like, oh my god! So that fur in her mouth. Also, you notice Mando works well with droids now. That's uh, that's a BD Uh, droid from the video game Jedi Fallen Order. That's in that game, and he's like, thanks, little buddy. Uh, And I was like, oh, he works good with droids. That ship that they built is that the ship that Anakin rode in Phantom Menace, or one of the kind of ships he rode? It's a pod racer type ship. In fact, when he takes the thing out, he does part of the the route from the movie Beggars Canyon. You can even Mm -hmm. see the gate that Anakin crashed through in Phantom Menace is still crashed and open. Question then: Could that ship, when Anakin was riding it in Phantom Menace, I thought I had interpreted that as like a, a desert ship. Was he able to take that to space too, or did they re- retrofit it to take it to no, space? No, all of the in in the Phantom Menace, all of the the good guys they didn't have X wing fighters. They had those. They had oh, the okay. Star That's fighters. a starfighter. Yeah, yeah, those all went through Got space. It. But they, those all could go. But to they space. Add, okay. you know remember that the, she added like a nitro boost, like a Fast and Furious fucking nitro boost. Yeah, because the, the the Jedi basically arrest or pull them over and the, the space the, cops yes the x-wing uh republic the old asian yeah, guy right yeah paul lee returns as captain tiva i love that he, where did i see him before he was he's in uh kim's convenience and he was on mandalorian no, no, no. he was on Sta- star wars stuff he was in the first season of mandalorian with gina carano remember gina carano oh, he asked her to be a part of the team yes whatever, right? and then she yeah, got yeah. fired and she tweeted she shit canceled. and then she got canceled yeah. But it was great seeing him, and he kind of recognized them and let him go because they're like, uh, "Turn on your thing," and then he just fucking. I don't think they let him go. He just he took off. He yeah. took off, and then they're like, "Well, yeah, we're not going to report this." It's one. Like, you want to do paperwork? No. But it's just funny. He gets harassed by the cops, and they, she says that ship is off the grid. It doesn't need a, a a docking ring to go into hyperspace. It's got all sorts of bells and whistles. It's fucking fast. I love that scene where he was flying around. Oh, yeah, he gets hassled for his title and registration, which I think is hilarious. Still, in Star Wars, the cops pull you over, and they're like, title and registration, please. It is inconvenient. <laughs> and then he comes back, more Phantom Menace, when he comes back, and she's like, how was it? He just goes, wizard, which is pretty, that was pretty great. Was One wizard. of the kids says yeah. that in Phantom Menace. Uh, yeah, they, oh. that was like a term they use, slang term for the kids. Uh, yeah, and then at the end, he goes, I gotta, I'm in. Uh, you don't have to pay me. It's on the house. I got to pay a visit to a little friend. Is Luke Skywalker also going to show up? Is is he is Grogu still with well, Luke? Well, he hates Boba Fett. Oh, he does. That's right. He doesn't know does though he? He, oh. that he's changed. Hmm. Yeah, they were uh, they were enemies. What, who was the? Remind me again, Rugs. There was a Mandalorian that became a Jedi. Yeah, that was Tar Vizsla. Tar Vizsla. Uh, that was a so, long time ago. A lot of the references that they mentioned in this show are they all were they? Is that a lot of stuff they touched on in Clone Wars? Um, they don't really show you it. They they talk about it like a like like in exposition. Uh, okay. There's like a couple of scenes where they they go to a statue of him and they talk about the legend, you know. Well, so and that other dude, his name was Paz Vizla. He was related to he's the Vizla family, so that's why he challenged him. Yeah, it's kind of like the house. Oh. Th- there's different houses on Mandalore. Like there's like the House of Trades and the House Harkonnen. Oh there's, yeah, there's the Krees. Like Bo-Katan is the Krees family, and the yeah. Rest. What was a significant? So when a Mandalorian became a Jedi, was there like an alliance between the Jedi's and the Mandalores? 
Yeah, it brought them together because in, uh, initially the 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 um the Mandalorians were basically you know against the Jedi and they had all of their weaponry to kind of counteract oh, the Jedi. Right. Okay. So it makes the perfect Jedi counterattacks. You have like the flamethrower, they can't really do much with that. They can you can fly, you you have the, the you know the the uh, grappling hook to grab them so they can't go get out of the way and then you have the armor that can repel Beskar, lightsaber. yeah, Beskar lightsabers can't go cut through Beskar, but Beskar can cut through Beskar. Apparently, were, were Mandalorians before their planet got destroyed? Were they bounty hunters before that, or is this because? No, they got I think that's what that's what's happened. Um, they were just like a like a Spartans, like the war race, you know, like they were like very militant, and you know, basically like the Spartans or whatever, like the advanced military, mm. um, and. Then there was like a change where they started to like become more di- diplomatic and they started to like deal with people and be part of like the whole uh, space confederacy and all that stuff. Uh, and um, you had more like diplomatic stuff. It's like going a 10,000 year history. The Mandalore. And then has. Why did they get bombed out with the TIE fighters? They got bombed out because they they were not playing well with the uh, the Empire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Was it the Republic at the time? Is that what they called it? Or the Empire is, is the Republic or no? No, I think it was the, well, the Republic became the Empire, right? So That was the night of I a thousand that, tears. Yeah. Right, right. All right. Yeah, I was trying to like place it all in my head. No, I believe all of that is from Rebels and Clone Wars. Like all it tracks. Like all of this happens around the time of like, I would say before Star Wars, the first one before, like in between Order 66 happens in Attack of the Clones and then all of a sudden, all this shit is going down, and I think that's when the I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm just just going off, off memory. Of, yeah, it is a long and crazy history that the Mandalorians have, though. But like you said, Anthony, there's a lot of things to mine in this long history, which is that makes it exciting. Yeah, it seems to me not to hate so much on Boba Fett, but I'm gonna <laughs> like I feel like Boba Fett. They're just kind of they were just kind of riding the wave of how popular he was and whereas the mandalorian they actually had to do the work yeah yeah but the thing is that that boba fett is the catalyst for the mandalorian like that's true right 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 like the fact that they created this character that had so much mystery to it and they had to come up with all this lore and then all of a sudden for whatever reason the boba fett movie gets canceled and then this comes out of it. This is all like basically, and, and then Boba Fett gets left with the scraps. It's like, you know, it's kind of disappointing for did, Boba like Fett. Like I said, they did Boba Fett in Mandalorian. Like they did it better. Josh Trank was going to do the movie. I think that's why it fell through. Cause it's, was Josh. Trank. I, I wonder if the, I wonder if well, we still have a couple episodes, but I wonder if this story would have been better as a movie for about Boba Fett. Mm. Because not not every show, not every movie is supposed to be a show, and not every show they could have done a Disney Plus movie for Boba Fett, and that's not about yeah, that's uh, that would have. They they had originally decided they were going to do like similar to Solo and Rogue One, like Boba Fett was the next one, and they were also going to do Obi Wan, like an Obi Wan movie. Also, now that's I think give Bryce Dallas Howard a fucking Star Wars movie, give her a trilogy. Let's let her just she's so good, she gets it. What other episodes of Mandalorian she did? Uh, she did. I got. She did the one now. where where um, Mando like had like a girlfriend almost. 
on that on, oh, in like yeah, the rice yeah. patties or whatever that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that yeah. one, but yeah, that one was a good they one. Stopped all the they stopped the rivals from. That was kind of weak, but then the next one that she did was a little bit better. She did Chapter Four, Sanctuary, Chapter Eleven, The Heiress. What was the heiress where Mandalorian Braves High Seas and meets unexpected? Oh, that's where Bo-Katan shows up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, a lot of people like yeah, that one. Yeah, Sasha Banks. Remember Sasha Banks was in it. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, those, that was a great. She's just, she gets it. She's good. Her direction is so good. Yeah, yeah those were great. That one was gritty. It was dark. It was it had a very cool feel to it. Yeah, a lot like and, this episode. Yeah, and it continues here. I like the way they shot the, the stuff in the rings. Like, I thought the, the whole ring... Yeah planet concept was amazing like i was just so intrigued by that and the way it's shot in like the ba- when they're in the basement of the rings even like when you see the shot where the sun is coming through there's like an opening so that people have nighttime and daytime yeah. as the fucking thing rotates like oh it was so cool i wanted to go there e- even like the little battle even though it's funny that they still don't have high i was gonna on these say bridges. they battle on a platform with no fucking railings again as they do are, in star wars are they trying to kill each other that was one of my questions that's how you you got to defeat the person to get the fucking dark saber i think paz Vizsla was gonna kill him yeah but he fight, fight to the death and she stopped him but then she's well she stopped man amando yeah and then she stopped it mando was about to win he had the upper hand yeah. after getting beat and he finally had the upper hand and then she then she asked him about the helmet and stopped it well, I'm glad I'm 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 glad that they're doing Mandalorian by the I hopefully it sounds like by the end of the year, but uh it made me much more excited for Mandalorian than candidly than for Boba well, Fett. Well, I mean this 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 episode got me excited for the last two episodes of Boba Fett now. Yeah, I guess Mando will be there, yeah. right? So does this pique your interest in a Tar Vizsla movie? The learning about the Mandalorian who became a Jedi. I think that's yeah. the crux of all of these things kind of colliding, right? That could be like a oh, that should that should definitely that'd be, be like a, a Game of Thrones type uh, story with the you know like yeah, the first awesome. Mandalorian. Yeah. Where you have this militant race that hates the Jedi, and then one of them becomes a Jedi. That, that's cool. And that's um, interesting. And then all of a sudden, this dark saber comes about, and then that becomes like the 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 sort of leadership for that whole nation. You know it. It's got a cool. It's got a cool lore, almost like Arthurian like yeah, lore too. Yeah. So ah, that that would be a great idea. And Bryce, I think that would be. I think that that's a movie that needs to be. Bryce made. Dallas Howard should direct. Uh the other Easter egg I love was that he asked with the the Jawas come back and they bring him this pole that he asked for, and it's the same pole that Han and them used in the trash compactor in A New Hope to while they were they were about to die, and he props the compactor open. With this pole, it's the same exact prop. Uh, so I just love all. I loved all the Easter eggs. They they had a lot of fucking deep cut Easter eggs throughout the episode. Two episodes left, right? What do we think is going to happen? Let's not forget he still has a rancor to ride and use. We're going to get Mando and Grogu. So Grogu knows how to do some shit now. He he, he must have some training. He better use of his. They're powers. just going to roll in. You're not even going to see the whole him go get the Grogu. He's just they're just gonna roll in with the Grogu. Oh, I mean, I think next episode's gonna go back to the Boba Fett storyline, yes, and then they'll just show up. But well, maybe the Huts return. Who's actually you know behind the Pikes is the other question. Are they? Is there a bigger enemy? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely setting up to be a battle. The only problem is I just don't care. Nobody cares anymore. <laughs> you think it's gonna be Khaleesi? Khaleesi's gonna show up. I really don't give a shit. Yes, Amelia Clark will show up as the baby Kira, possibly the because the, the Pikes aren't haven't been established no. like as a modern threat. At, yeah. Like, what am I supposed to be scared? Crimson of? Dawn is that? Well, group. The, right. yeah, right. Pike Syndicate is is big in the cartoons. Um, 
Hmm? Crimson Dawn, we established in Solo, the movie, which, by the way, I think Solo, in retrospect, is actually not too bad. I've watched I it a couple of times when it's been on, and it's enjoyable. I didn't think it. Remember, it had I don't think it's a bad Woody movie. Harrelson in the beginning was great. That whole train scene, and it had some cool shit. I just think it's a little was a little like uh, formulaic where he just got all the stuff yes. in one day. I didn't think oh, all that yeah. happened in like the span of a week is what I never imagined that. But well, in one movie yeah. very quickly, you yeah. know, it just felt like a little Kessel, bit I mean, too- he gets, he does the, he gets the ship. He meets Chewie. He does the Kessel run. He gets his name. Like all of the, but the movie, all the greatest hits, all the greatest hits, but the movie was not, the guy did a good job. I, you know, it's not that bad. Uh, thinking about it now. So, all right. Well, Two episodes left. Let's do some news from the nation. Find out what the listeners thought. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. (laughs) It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Uh, you ever like when you're in a, a stall and there's a guy next to you taking a shit and it, you make that noise? You just giggle. You can't help it. Like it's just always a funny sound. It's like air coming out of balloon. Just yeah. Not. <laughs> um. All right. Daryl K says this is all comments about Book of Boba Fett. Daryl says, okay, so we got what most of us really wanted: more Mandalorian and no Boba Fett. Plus one for that. On the other hand, this feels very Marvel, kind of wasting an entire episode of a short series on a side plot. I'm glad they did, though. It was fucking great. Uh, Daniel Lidl says, I must be in the minority. I have actually enjoyed the book of Boba Fett. Also, was that a womp rat that the mechanic was dealing with in the hangar? Yes, Daniel. That is that's actually the first live action appearance of a womp rat that been mentioned, referenced for years. I think it was in the first movie they mentioned a womp rat, uh, but we never actually saw one. Uh, And they're big and they're nasty. Dion Robertson says best episode so far. Ready to see Mando and Grogu in the future episodes. David Zika says there's only two episodes left. The season is a net disappointment, regardless of what happens. Some cool stuff, but mediocre in the end. Uh, Jimmy Graben says so many great references in this episode, including the appearance of BD1. For anyone who has played Jedi Fallen Order, Favreau and Filoni really reward you for watching Clone Wars and Rebels and taking in content other than the main Skywalker saga. Did you see that rumor that they were planning to kind of erase the the sequel trilogy? Favreau and Filoni are trying to figure out some way to just get rid of that, or I don't know how you would do it. Why would you do that so you can bring back characters that are dead, or like, or you reboot? Harry Fisher's not here anymore. Well, or you just redo those movies the right way. But you can't because Carrie Fisher's dead. Well, you wouldn't. They, you wouldn't. But but you have deep fake technology. We've seen it. Doesn't but matter. The point I think the point is is that time has passed because like you know like uh, Harrison Ford and and uh, you know Mark Hamill's still around, and you could you could give like them a really good send off, and instead of just doing that, what they did to those characters, we just butchered them so badly. Uh, but how do you do that? Now, I mean, I mean, you could, but like, why even bother? We're like moving on at this point. Well, again, I also think uh, in these last two episodes, they're going to do they're going to do like a Luke Skywalker, some big cameo. They've got to do something to save this shit. Something they're going to pull out something big. I don't know who, but I think there's going to be one of these cameos. It kind of needs it at this point. 
to the to the point of what you made about erasing. Yeah. I don't know if Star Wars would necessarily fully erase it. I mean, you could do like maybe a timeline thing, but then you're really and then you're doing a lot of what a Marvel's doing. Yeah. But to to fully just like not to like erase the existence of those movies, I, that'd be like Star Wars basically going taking the major L and yeah. laying it on their head for a little bit. Yeah. It's- Although they kind of admitted they took an L by just making uh, Rise of Skywalker and then in the opening credits, just completely erasing. Yes, what happened in the last uh, movie? What happened in the, the last, last movie, Jedi? Yeah. If they wanted to, and I don't think they should, at some point when the technology is good enough, you can make a full CG movie oh. with CG everybody and continue from Jedi on up until ray is around and you can tell that whole story but you know before ben solo goes crazy and becomes kylo ren you could have fucking luke doing some badass shit there's tons of adventures that he has you know with mara jade and all that other shit that they could cover so and there's even yeah there's, there's other opportunities for other you know people to come along too that we haven't introduced yet or do you do something like that Star Wars Vision anthology that just was all new characters, new stories, new pl- do you just do something that never has no connection to anything? It's kind of its own thing. It's starting fresh in some other time. No, I think that there's room for that too, but I think that that was the thing with the Mando when they he they had Luke at the end of that. Right. It ignited all of this like, yes, this is what we wanted to see Luke Skywalker do this whole time. Right. Yeah. And so you could either A bring those moments in like, and have those moments happen in like the shows or you can do a movie. Uh, Jamie Robinson, who bought a shirt we talked about earlier. He says, Boba Fett has become the cousin Oliver of the star Wars universe. Great reference. Anthony, do you get that reference? No, (laughs) this is a Brady bunch reference at a kid. Uh, where the last season they added cousin Oliver because everybody was getting old and there wasn't like a cute kid, so they just shoved a new cute kid and nobody liked it and uh, everybody hated fucking cousin Oliver for no <laughs> for no reason. There's just another kid. They got six fucking kids. There's just another kid. Greg the can't get his own bedroom. He had to move into the attic. You're putting another kid in here. What is the <laughs> makes, none of this makes sense? Greg Brady fucking uh, what was his name? Johnny Danger is that his name? Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo, yes. Old, old Johnny Bravo. Oh, poor and Cousin then, Oliver. Yes, that's so. So essentially, Boba Fett has been Cousin Oliver like uh, on the Brady Bunch. Jose Ibarra says, so based off the gift that was made out of the spearhead, we can confirm the reports of Grogu being on set in a Beskar Cuban link and a pair of Tims. Oh, shit. I like this. And then Blake Braden goes, let's assume he's rocking a Yankee cap as well and posted a picture. <laughs> he posted a picture of Grogu with a Yankee cap. And then Jamie Robinson just brings it all around and says, I believe his name is now Grogu Face Killer. You get points for that. <laughs> Grogu Face Killer is part of the Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, I hope Grogu is badass when he comes back in his little tiny armor and a fucking lightsaber or something. <laughs> Be fucking dope. Uh, anyways, great comments, guys. Thanks for interacting. And the spoiler threads that I post it makes me feel useful. Uh, okay, let's just finish up with some what are we watching? Anthony, what have you been doing? What are you, you reading? You're doing something? I got a couple things. First off, okay. you fucks probably don't care, but I've been watching football. 
Oh, yes. I Super hear Bowl this is a lot. coming How about around? them Chiefs? A lot of good football happening. Chiefs lost, actually, yesterday. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I've been watching football. Uh, Joe Burrow is a great quarterback and good for Matt Stafford to finally get to the, to the Super Bowl. Should be is this like an upset, upset on uh, both sides, like a, a Super Bowl matchup no one really predicted? I mean, no one definitely was going to predict this matchup. I wouldn't say the Rams are necessarily the most surprising because they have a ton of talent. Um, but the Bengals, for sure, is kind of out of nowhere. Nice. But, uh, Joe Burrow is their quarterback. He's only in his second year as a, fo- as a quarterback in the NFL. And he won a national championship two years ago, so he's pretty good. But uh, so yeah. no, no Tom Brady, and they're gonna have no, no Tom Dog Brady and Eminem and Dr. Was, Dre. That's what I'm looking for. It was crazy because the Chiefs had this amazing win right before. Yeah, last week's game was one and of the best then they ever. started out the next game, and they were kicking their ass. Yep. And then it, it was kind of like almost like karmic uh, retribution. Yeah, and there, if you if you follow the internet at all, a lot of people. Unless you uh, grew up in, in Missouri or Kansas City, a lot of people were rooting against the Chiefs simply because everyone hates Patrick Mahomes' wife. Oh, oh, his wife. His That's wife the reason. And Whoa. his little brother Jackson Mahomes. Yeah, they don't like him either. They don't like him. He's like 20, 21 years old, and he just makes TikTok videos dancing on like oh, in the, on the field. And they, everyone thinks him and Patrick Mahomes' wife are the most annoying people in the world. So <laughs> oh, shit. the internet Karma. was very happy to see that Karma, lose. I also love the Aaron Rodgers memes from the week before. That was fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah, the, inter- the internet doesn't like Aaron Rodgers. No. Well, the woke, especially the woke crowd. They hate Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Um, so that I'm watching football. I recently added on a new subscription service. What? Which one? I added on... I follow this guy on YouTube called Real Life Lore, and he explains a lot of... It's basically like an intelligent YouTube channel where they explain things that are going on in the world or why things are the way they are. And I I follow that, and he was basically like, YouTube has these algorithms that disincentivize you to make like controversial videos. So he he makes videos about like the modern day Israel-Gaza conflict. So he, he does these videos. He does... His own videos is on this thing called Nebula. Okay. And I was able to get a bundle between Curio- it's called Curiosity Stream and the Nebula bundle. Curiosity oh. Stream is like a lot of like documentaries and stuff. Yeah. And then Nebula is a lot of like shorter YouTube uh created, you know, content or creator content that's Nebula. intelligent and like different different subject. It's 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 really hard to explain. You just have to kind of browse around it on uh, by your browse around on your own and see if you like is it. Is it but- like is it like Quibi? It's not like it's nothing like Quibi. Oh, that's too bad. Nothing like Quibi. <laughs> uh, but it's only fifteen dollars for a whole year. So oh, for a year. Oh. Yeah. So I I got on and now I have Curiosity Stream and Nebula and I've been watching a lot of videos on Nebula like real life lore like Whoa. a lot of the modern conflict stuff he does. So I was watching. They have podcasts. Armenia too. versus uh, like the Armenian as as but. Azerbaijan, I forget how to say that name. Azerbaijan, yes. Azerbaijan conflict and all these, like Ukraine, Russia. So I was watching a lot of history stuff. That's cool. It's like hardcore history, Dan Carlin's show. Yeah, it's not three hours. Yeah, not seven hours long. You just realize the brutality of the entire world is just fucking unfathomable. Oh, and and yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And, And most of the conflicts in the world are all over like land or like water. It's all like just like squabbles yeah. over 
who owns what land resources. And, yeah, and I resources. mean, I think yeah. do you I think you realize eventually that like right now is like our most least violent time in human history, no, right? No, no? no, not at all. It was it was it's just it w- it's just as violent, you just don't hear about it. Oh okay. there's there's squabbles all over the world that you don't hear about. But man, shit was brutal though. Back in those uh those times. Uh, I think I mean it might be, but it, I think it's it's brutal, you just don't they don't teach about this stuff. It's yeah. a different kind of brutal yeah, now. Yeah, like yeah. you had to get up and close and personal to kill somebody right, back right. in those you had to days. Look them in the right. eye and shit. Yeah, yeah, now you could just fucking drive a drone over there and, and, yeah. and vaporize people. Yeah. You know? What also is interesting, so a lot of this stuff is like conflicts over resources and, and borders, and especially in water. Waters, mm. the maritime laws are really interesting, mm-hmm. but. All these wars are like backed by like bigger countries. So every country is like funneling weapons sure, and money sure. into these countries. So like, for instance, Armenia, Azerbaijan, like Armenia is being fu- like funded by Russia. Right. Like Azerbaijan is being fu- funded by like the U.S. And like, it's just yeah. it's very interesting. But anyways, so I've been on Nebula a lot. And then the that last cool. thing is, I think we, I don't know if we talked about it on the show or if it was like us doing a side discussion. I can't remember because we always talk and I can't remember when you've actually pressed record. But I'm playing Wordle now, which oh, is... Oh, shit. That happened. He was the first one to fall, Ruggs. I'm playing I, Wordle. I called it. He called I, it. It is pretty I addicting. It. It's, yeah. It doesn't actually take up that much time. It's just one word a day. How do you play? It's, so you get, I think, six chances. It's a five-letter word every day. You have to guess a word. You have to guess the word. And if you guess the word, if you guess the word and like... One of the letters is right. It'll highlight in yellow. Okay. If you get the right placement of the letter, it'll highlight in green. But you have oh. like every time you guess the letters, it's like Wheel of Fortune, where like right. the letters go away. So you know you can't use them. Yeah, you know what letters are still are left, and oh. you just have six attempts, and you're trying to get it in like less than six attempts. Less than se- and how have you been doing on it? Uh today I didn't get it in six attempts. <laughs> I didn't get <laughs> it, but uh, the, lately it's been like five or six attempts, which is not great. I'd rather. Is there a three. clue? No clue. It's just five no letters. No clue. Just a, a random five letter word. Five letter word, and you guys just you guess it, and you have it's one word a day. And then they force you to post your results on Facebook. No, you don't have to do that. But, <laughs> but people, like, people, people get impressed. People, people post it when it's like, like, got, one, like we got it in two. Yeah, if you get it in two, that's pre- one is like complete luck. But if you get it in two, that's pretty impressive. How do you get it in one? It's, there's no way that's you're going to pick. Luck. I'm just going to make my own graphic of just ones yes. and post <laughs> them every day. Oh, my day. God. I'm doing that tomorrow. I'm making a Facebook graphic of Wordle. Just I'll get it one. I'm just going to keep posting that. Fuck it. This is what you do. <laughs> Google one one column Wordles and then just take those and just post them on yours. You don't do shit. How long do you think you're going to stick with the Wordle? How addictive is it? <laughs> I'm not like super addicted, but when I like happen to remember that it's it's going on, I'll be like, oh yeah, I want to try it. I guess it's good for the brain. It's good brain exercise. Yeah, you know. All right, Rugs, what do you got? What have you been watching? Oh my god, I watched uh, three episodes of Vox Machina, which is the. Uh, Critical role role playing game uh, podcast that in, that inspired a cartoon. Wow! And so this is an animated show uh, that takes place in like a Dungeons and Dragons type world. I found it to be very generic. It's like uh, there's you know there's nudity in it, which is interesting. There's like cartoon boobs and like sexual stuff in there, and a lot of a lot of swearing and bad language and blood. So all that's there. There's a guy. I think I saw a guy's balls. Oh no, you saw like, cartoon uh, balls. Yeah, um, were they but, hairy? <laughs> no, they were not. I don't believe they Lame. were. But um, 
I found it to be fine, like entertainment wise. Like it, it wasn't like grabbing me. I was, I felt it to be very like, I don't know. I feel like that after watching Arcane and right. Invincible, like, and not only that, but like, uh, uh, Super Crooks and yeah. all that yeah. other stuff. Yeah. I feel like it's just par for the course. It's not anything groundbreaking. So if you want to watch it, check it out. I mean, I feel like the the humor is the weakest part about it. Like, I think that the story is fine, but the humor is kind of bad. They need better comedy writers. So it's on think. Amazon Prime. Is the story like the the story they did it while they were playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons on their, no, on it's their a, YouTube? It's the most boilerplate story. Oh, it's kind of generic, huh? Mm. Like... You start. I, I can tell you the whole thing. It, it's just like they. I mean, it, what else do you expect? They have to go kill a monster, right? And so they it's get hired to kill a monster. Yeah, and so they they ingratiate themselves to the king, and now the king wants them to be their the personal you know muscle. Okay, and things get a little bit complicated. Things you know whatever unravel from there, but like. It's pretty generic. Like, you know, this is nothing like nothing unlike The Witcher or unlike, you know, a bunch of other stuff that we've seen before. Who is their audience? So, I would think fans of Critical Role would maybe be disappointed yeah, by this. I, I think that anybody who likes elves and all that weird, it's like you could tell that it's it's kind of aimed at like a more Gen Z type of a crowd. OK, you know, uh, then. But it, there is a lot of dirty humor in it. But I feel like it's like a, yeah, it's it's a little faint servicey, but like, whatever. I said it's okay. It's okay. I'm okay. gonna watch the rest of it. Okay. It's not terrible. Okay. So just okay. Yeah. All right. Anything else? I don't remember if I watched anything else. Did I? Did I say I watched? No, I think else? that was. <laughs> I did watch Tango and Cash again. Oh, you did? Oh. Did you? Oh, there's a reason for that. Stay tuned. Yeah. Don't don't ruin the surprise. I won't talk about it. I did watch. Uh, last week you said you watched Injustice on HBO Max. I checked that out. It's actually pretty pretty decent. I was there's a lot of violence. It's super violent, super disturbing. I'm like maybe we should review it. It's only like a, a over an hour, but a lot of interesting conversations about you know should Superman Justice League be the police of the world and him turning into a tyrant and why in the fucked up way Joker sets him up. I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was very good. Yeah, uh, I checked out uh, two shows on Netflix. I finished this show on Netflix called Archive Eighty One. This is a show that is an adaptation of a fiction podcast. Now, generally, they've done these before. There have been podcasts that have jumped to TV, and they have not been very good. They've kind of been lackluster. Nothing has really succeeded. This was actually pretty decent. Good production. The story is about this guy who is a video restorer, a film restorer. He cleans damaged VHS tapes and photos and restores them, right? So he gets a call from this mysterious rich guy to uh, come to this secluded compound and restore tapes that were in this fire in this building called the Visser in the 90s. Is it porn? It's not porn. It is oh. a it's a it's a kind of a, a thesis that this girl, Melody, was shooting the history of the viscer of the building and the people who live there. So you're watching this video of her kind of making this project, but there's a reason she's there. 
these two are somehow connected. Uh, it's a kind of a horror mystery vibe. It wasn't bad. I watched all 10 episodes because it kept sucking me in with these crazy twists. Uh, there's some cult action. Some weird shit happens. But as a podcast adaptation, I was like, this this isn't bad. They did a good job here. I think they, they adapted it well for TV. Uh, and then I watched. I've been hearing about that. Yeah, one. it's not bad. Archive 81. I dug it. It's good mystery. Um, and then I watched the first two episodes of this show called All of Us Are Dead on Netflix, which is a Korean zombie high school uh, show, horror show, uh, basically a zombie outbreak in a high school. And you, the first two episodes, you follow the, the infection as it spreads through the, the school. And this fucking, these zombies are fast, aggressive. It's some good zombie action. Uh, the, and it's very gory. Uh, and the first two episodes I thought were great. The horror and panic as the building is filled and, you know, some students on the top floor have no idea that this is happening and they get caught and you meet a bunch of people and they get separated. Uh, good. The stunts are actually really good. They must have hired some contortionists because these zombies, when they die and they turn quickly, they're doing these crazy fucking backbend moves and these crazy contortion moves. But it's not bad. I, uh, I, ho- I don't know. I hope it stays good. The first two episodes are good. Uh, and uh, sounds interesting. Yeah, if you're looking for it's good zombie, good zombie drama there, good bloody zombie drama. All of us are dead. All of us are dead from Korea. So that's all. I got. Oh, okay. Uh, that's it. Anything else, Anthony? Final words? You got a message for the listener? Stay in school, kids. Stay in school. That's definitely play Wordle. <laughs> play Wordle, Anthony. One column posts. Anthony loves it. I fucking loved it. Coming soon. Thanks for listening, rugs. Where can the listener find you online? Find me online at Really Rug Boy on Twitter. You can tell that I'm t- tired. He's tired. Point. That's why we're done. That link will be in the show notes <laughs> on our website, jockandnerd.com slash 420, dude. Light yeah. him up. Smoke him if you got yeah, him. Man. Yeah. Mike, Rips, Mike Rips approved. Oh, my God. Episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's definitely going to be a clip next week. Look forward. And in the meantime, <laughs> share the show, listener. Text it to your enemies, to your friends, to your acquaintances, to your best friends, to your old friends. Just text it to everyone. Grow this empire of Text stupidity. it to your friends with benefits. Yes, text it to your friends with benefits. Text it to your benefits. beneficiary. Text it, text it to, to your, your coefficient. <laughs> text it to whoever is on your will. Text it to Joe Montana and Joe, Joe Montana. Montana. Text it to Ice Tea, Ice Cube, Vanilla Ice. Nah, uh, now you're just quoting. You're just <laughs> quoting. Come up with it off the top of the head. Joe Montana. Joe Montana. That's just hilarious. I was dying. That's the best. Joe part. Piscopo. Joe Piscopo. Joe Campbell. Joe, Joe Pantaleone. Joe Mama. Joey Pants. There you go. Uh, <laughs> text it to all of them. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the nerd. We'll peep you next time. Don't forget Joey Lawrence. I want your head up when I throw my fist in the air. Famous Joe.